coaches. There is a way to increase your impact without becoming a slave to your business. This is Purpose to Profit, where we talk to top industry experts, coaches, and clients about their strategies that will help you do less and make more. And now, here's your hosts. Hey guys, I'm Adam Marquardt. And Sandra Garcia here. We're so glad you could make it for this episode. Today, we're interviewing Debbie O'Connell. Debbie is a professional golfer, speaker, author, coach, and business owner. Since receiving her certification in strategic intervention, which we'll hear more about today, Debbie expanded her coaching business to offer life results coaching. An experienced media personality, Debbie has appeared multiple times on the Golf Channel and formally hosted on several radio shows. Her real passion lies in the LPGA Leadership Academy, teaching teenage girls leadership skills through the game of golf. So with that, I'd love to introduce Debbie O'Connell for all of your golf fans out there. My fiance will love this episode. Debbie, we really appreciate you being with us here today. I am absolutely thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for the invite. (laughs) Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about how you got started. In my whole business career, I wanted to stay involved with people and when I played, I played college basketball, actually. And after I graduated, I had a decision to make. What do I want to do next? I'd love to stay in sports. And I had an opportunity with a gentleman who used to give my mom golf lessons many years ago. And then he offered to give me golf lessons. He said, you know what? I think you have some skills and talents. And I actually met him between my junior and senior year of college And he invited me out to the golf course and we hit some balls together and we talked and he said, I'll give you lessons if you just help me out around the golf course. So I got a little bit into golf. So when I graduated, I had a couple options. There was no WNBA at the time. So I thought, well, should I continue playing basketball? I could have done it overseas. And then the other option was maybe I could go to graduate school and be an assistant basketball coach because I really enjoyed teaching and inspiring others. And I felt this pull towards that, even way back when, before college, I saw a motivational speaker and I thought, wow, inspiring and motivating others is so awesome. I, would, I felt this pull, that that's what I should do. And then I had this option with golf. So I debated everything, talked with my parents, and I went to the golf world. Because I, although I felt that pull about being a motivational speaker and teaching others, I felt like I had to go succeed at something before I could go tell people how to succeed, which now looking back and knowing a Tony Robbins story, that was kind of a limiting belief because he never did that. He just got really good at helping people succeed. And then that made him successful. So I realized looking back, I'm like, that was a limiting belief. I didn't need to go somewhere else to be successful and then come back to this. But my career has just been phenomenal. I worked in golf courses. I pursued the LPGA tour for a while, played in one tour event, enjoyed that. But I found I didn't enjoy as much the time by myself in golf. You need to be somewhat selfish in a way. It's all about you. And I actually always played team sports as growing up and I enjoyed being part of a team. And even though there is somewhat of a team, when you get into coaches and nutritionists and trainers, it's still your you're the main focus and it's all about you. And then I got into teaching and I really enjoyed that. And what I found was with my studies about life and personal growth and success strategies that I'd done since I was a teenager, I was instilling other success strategies besides golf. And that was 
the best part of teaching golf for me. Sure, their golf game got better and I taught them golf skills, but I was teaching them about confidence and belief and how to set goals and how to achieve what they wanted in the game and how to play the game with a positive mindset. And that was so exciting to me. And and I I loved running events. It was great. And I I always felt this pull, Sandra. It was really interesting. I would be at a golf course and I got to where I was a head golf professional, which is very rare for women to get. There's more and more now, but the percentage is still quite low compared to the number of men who are head golf professionals. And I I achieved that by the time I was 30. And so over a 15-year period, there were three different golf courses where I was the head golf professional and the final one being a very high-end private country club. And I felt like when people came, like I impacted their day. I put a smile on their face. I made them feel a little bit happier. And I felt great about that. But I had this pull inside that said, you need to reach more people. You need to get, get out and be bigger, get to more people. And I felt that for a long time. And then finally, I started to transition into reaching out to more people. That is really interesting. Debbie, I'm curious, you always had this teacher, you always had this coach inside of you. And then you had this pool where you wanted to impact more people. How did you transition? Like, where did you start for all of the coaches that are listening and wanting to find that platform? What was step one for you? Using my niche. My niche is golf. And I had the opportunity through golf many times. Anytime I had the opportunity to speak at a golf event, I would take that. And I would, I would talk more about life skills and achievement and taking opportunities in life and going for it and having courage and being confident. So that was probably really how I got started in doing more speaking was through golf. And I also run corporate golf outings and I still do that today. And oftentimes they want a keynote speaker at either the luncheon or the cocktail party after the golf. And what's neat for me now is I can offer both. I can run the entire outing, hire other professionals to come and teach if we're doing golf clinics and work with the course. And I run the entire golf outing. And then I'm also the keynote speaker. So that's great for the corporation. So I always offer that. And then I make it known that I'm also a coach and a life coach as well. So when people hear me speak and they they get a little bit motivated, they also reach out to me afterwards and say, I'd love to, can we talk or set up a time? And then I offer them that time and we have a conversation. So I've used my niche. And that's what I recommend. Where are you an expert? Where can you take your area of expertise and then turn that into coaching as far as other life skills? Because it's really all the same when we get down to it, isn't it? You know, no matter what area your expertise is, it's, it's about having that vision, right? It's about believing in yourself. It's having a success strategy to achieve your goals. So whether it's in golf or in business, in personal relationships, it's all that planning and it's all very similar. So if you have a niche, definitely get started with the niche and then expand into that. You know, someone like Dean Graciosi has done that. He was real estate and he's an expert in teaching real estate and he still does that and he still offers those classes. But now he's so much more focused on teaching life skills. You know, he wrote a book about the millionaire success habit. So he turned what he knew and what he used to be a very successful real estate person, an individual built a billion dollar business and now he's teaching them as life skills and he teaches way more than how to flip a house. I love that. And I think that if you look at 
you know, for our audiences, like, you know, you mentioned yourself, you mentioned Dean, like even look at like Gary Vaynerchuk, like he started out with wine and he used that platform and he built that up, you know, built up his audience and then started to talk about, you know, other things that he's transitioned into more of the motivation, more of the life aspect. And I think that that's so important is to focus on, you know, your niche and your audience. And that's something that I see people kind of get hung up on. Sometimes they're like, well, you know, like I can only talk to this audience about this subject. And I think what's so cool is that you said, you know what, I've got this platform that is related around golf, but now I'm going to look at this as an opportunity because we're all humans. We all have life problems and a lot of people are experiencing the same thing. They just are connected to me through golf, but that doesn't mean that I can't talk to them. I can't use this opportunity, use this stage and this platform to get my message out there to more people. And so I love that because I, I see people all the time who are like, yeah, I want to talk on a stage and I want to help so many people and all these things. It's like, yeah, that's important, but you have to start somewhere. And so even if it's for the first three months, six months, 18 months, whatever it is to build up that audience, use that niche as your platform. So that's so huge. I love that you've done that as well. And then I transitioned it in my book that I wrote, Golf Positive, Live Positive. And what I did with that, because golf is such a metaphor for life, is whatever I taught the golf lesson, I taught say, for instance, hitting a pitch shot, which is a short shot that goes high in the air and you go over obstacles a lot of times. So say you're hitting over a sand bunker. So I talk about the pitch shot and how you do that and get over obstacles. The second part of the chapter is how well do you get over obstacles in life? And then I give advice about getting over obstacles in life. So I used golf even to help that transition within my book. And the next book I plan on writing is will not include golf. Because I feel like I've really solidly made that transition to where I am not only an expert in golf, but I am an expert in life skills and success strategy and achieving all that you want in life and reaching your full potential and going for things and taking charge in each and every area that you want to improve in your life. That's amazing, Debbie. Leveraging your networks, redirecting it to something that you're passionate about and eventually weaning it out. A lot of times people are confused about where to start and you make it sound really simple and it can be that simple. (laughs) So I have a question for you. What did you learn on the golf course that can be applicable for life as far as getting over obstacles? A lot of it is realizing that your reaction is key. You can't always when we, we won't, not, not, not that we can't always, most of the time, we won't be able to control everything that happens in our world. And when those obstacles or challenges come to us, you know, we get a bad medical report, something shifts in the stock market or your career or something happens that you really didn't have control over, the key there is your reaction to it. You know, when you're on the golf course and you hit it in an area in the trees or in a bunker or in a hazard... There's nothing you can do about that after you swing the club. But what you can control is how you react to it. Do you get down in the dumps? Do you ask those questions? Why me? What's, why did this happen? Oh, no. And you focus on those kinds of questions, which your brain is going to answer. And and I don't know that you want to know, oh, woe is me. Well, maybe because you don't feel good about yourself or woe is me. Well, I guess I don't practice enough. Maybe I'm terrible at golf or maybe in life, I, you know, do you really want to answer those questions or do you want to take charge of your state and say, okay, I can handle this and ask the questions. How can I get through this? 
being, you know, I love John Gordon. And I read a lot about his positive leadership. You can't control all the things that happens, but you can control your actions and how you look at it. And if you start asking those questions on the positive way of how can I get through this? What do I need to do? And first take charge of that state and say, all right, this happened. Okay. You just accept it. And you go, what do we need to do from here? How can we get by? What's the next shot in golf? What's the smartest strategy in life? It's, is there someone I can reach out to? What do I, who can I uh, call? What can I learn? What can I learn from this? That's the greatest thing. I look at them as opportunities, even in my book on the chapter about challenging shots in golf, you know, in the rough, below your feet, tilted lie, all those kinds of things, how to hit it out of the trees, you know, punch shots. I call them opportunity shots. In life, there's opportunities. What can I learn from this situation? How can I grow and become better because of this? And if if you look at it as an opportunity, you'll learn, you'll grow, you'll be better for it. And then if you focus on where the vision, the positive vision and ask those positive questions, you'll get through it. You'll get by it. We all do. Absolutely. And I think that one of the most pivotal things that I ever learned that you touched on was that oftentimes people will go through life and they'll say, why? You know, well, why am I overweight? Why did this not work? Why this? Why this? Why this? Why this? And it's like, that's not nearly as helpful as asking how. Like, how can I change my weight? How can I make this work? How can, and you know, what is the next thing that I need to do? And asking how can give you a solution? Because usually when you ask why, you're just going to fill it in with negative things, your own limiting beliefs, your own story, your old story. And those things usually hold you back. But when you say how, your brain, you're physically transitioning into searching for a solution. And that is so incredibly powerful. And I love the, all the references that you made as far as looking at things from an opportunity. And that used to be one of my big limiting beliefs is I failed over nine times in my entrepreneurial journey over the last decade. And I used to think, oh, well, I'm a failure. And it's because my, my standard of success was hitting seven figures and I didn't hit that in those businesses. So I was a failure. But what I did was I looked at those things and I said, okay, like these were actually all positive. These were all opportunities. Maybe they didn't turn out exactly how I had planned, but each and every one of them was a blessing in the sense of it gave me experience. It opened up new doors. It gave me, you know, perspective or contrast, you know, what I wanted, what I didn't want. And so I've looked at all of those things. And now I have so much gratitude that I had those experiences because it set me up for exactly where I am right now. And that's the thing that I think that a lot of people don't look at is it, like you said, it's that why, or, or, you know, looking at things from a negative or a reactionary standpoint, it's like, you've got to understand like everything is an opportunity. That's the way you'll continue to learn and grow and move forward. I mean, what about asking this question? You know, how can I be a successful entrepreneur and enjoy the process? How can I get in the best shape of my life and enjoy it? You know, what can I do? What if you're asking those kinds of questions? Your brain is, you know, just picture it as you type that in the computer of your brain and your brain is now looking for these answers. That's phenomenal. And it's never even a failure. You know, I would, I would encourage you even, Adam, to just say, I've had nine amazing learning experiences in my life. And <laughs> now I'm a successful entrepreneur. You know, even Thomas Edison said he never failed at anything, but he found about 750 ways that the light bulb didn't work. <laughs> you know, that's all he did. He go, oh, okay. Well, I learned something there. Well, that's not going to work that way. Let that's me figure incredible. out how, how will it work? And he kept asking and moving forward until he succeeded. <laughs> I love it. That, that is incredible. 
So that was a great question, Debbie, and I'd, I'd love to turn it around and, and ask you, how have you managed to become such a successful entrepreneur and still maintain that level of, of happiness and fulfillment? Well, I found my passion. You know, I just last night, just as an example, I had uh, been, I was telling a story about my cousin who was um, hooked on drugs and alcohol for much of his teenage life up until into his 30s. And I had an opportunity to impact his life. And it's been an amazing transformation for him. And when I was telling the story, I got so choked up at saying, and I'm actually getting choked up again, like he's doing great. And when you find your passion, it's never worked anymore. And when you're emotional about it like that, when I, I just read an email today, I I gave a golf lesson. I still do teach golf, although much less than I used to, I still teach. And I read an email of this lady said, oh my gosh, you helped my drive so much. I definitely hit that better. My irons were even better. My chip shot, it's still a work in progress, but I made an up and down a couple of times, which means she made one chip and then putted it into the hole, which is always, you know, besides chipping it into the hole from off the green, you know, one chip and one putt is the next next goal. And she did that. It, you know, it's so satisfying reading that. Like I made an impact. And then we talked about mental game and she said, that's still going to be a work in progress. Let's work on that on the golf course. So when I hear these success stories from people, and it was just opening their eyes and giving them different perspectives. And if there's a shift in their life, I just get so emotional about it. And that's how I've enjoyed the process because I have gotten to the point where I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. And then for me, it's still a journey of learning. I just, it's a continual journey for me as well. I want to continue to learn and grow myself. I want to learn as much as I can so I can get better at sharing it so I can get better at listening and coaching and, and hearing what the people are saying or then in speaking and, and impacting an audience of people and making it feel intimate that I'm talking to them and how can I do that? And then when, when I get off the stage, I get more energized. That's, that's a sign too. You know, I started to sometimes look at my daily schedule and I would notice I didn't have any golf lessons, you know, individual private lessons. And I'd be like, oh, good, I don't have any lessons today. I can work on my program that I'm putting out there. You know, I, I developed this program called 12 Weeks to Triumph that I am, uh, I, I did a soft launch, but, and I'm still getting feedback on it, but I'm going to do a big launch very soon. And I loved recording that. I would record video after video, and it's, it's where, you know, I would just send a video to the participant each and every day, but I would feel energized after I did that. But when I looked and I kept saying, oh, wow. Oh, good. I don't have any golf lessons to give today. But then I look forward to the day I had, but I schedule a few of them and I schedule them all on a day. So I might do a half a day, one day and a half a day, another day, rather than make it five days a week, I'm teaching golf. So now I still, when I go and I teach golf, I love it, but it's not taking my time away from what I think is really my true passion in teaching the life skills. So that's a key is that, that passion and, and are your emotions tugged at? You know, like what I felt last night telling that one story about one person whose life is completely different than it was. And he is 100% on track, an amazing dad, living his best life now. And I get emotional about it. So do you feel that? Do you feel you're in your passion? Or does it feel like it's a job? Because when you're living your passion, you can wake up fired up every single day about what you're about to do. 
and the lives you're going to touch if that's part of the, the business that you're in. If, if it's touching people and changing lives, you just wake up with that passion and purpose and you're ready to go. Like I start in the morning. This is how I start is, is with being thankful. Every morning, it's, it's automatic for me. I, my eyes open up, my question in my brain says, what are you thankful for? And I sit there for a little while and I think about what I'm thinking, thankful for. Think a tiny bit about my day. Usually the night before, I make a list about what I'm going to do the next day. And so I've already kind of have the plan in motion. Think about that a little bit. And then I go, who's ready to start the day? I mean, I jump out of bed with that and, and I just yell it in my house. Who's ready to start the day? And uh, I'm just excited about what I'm going to do. Well, and what happened one morning, because then I, I stand at the top of my stairs before I go down and I yell to the whole house, is there anybody in this house that's ready to start the day? And one time I forgot I had a, a guest in the house and I hear from the bedroom, I'm not shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so that morning, my enthusiasm wasn't really contagious, um, but it was, very, it was a very funny morning. Gosh, Debbie, please start the call off like that next time. I got excited just listening to you. And that is exactly how I'm going to start my morning tomorrow. So when you get a call from my fiance, <laughs> you'll know why. <laughs> so that was incredibly, incredibly powerful. So the way that you stay energized is you're basing, you're basically chasing the things that you said tug at your emotions, chasing your passion and your purpose. You're waking up with gratitude and um, that kind of trickles down to your entire day. What's an activity that you run your clients through to kind of get them into that peak state? Because I can imagine that the first day that you woke up after you had this idea might have not been as dynamic as it is now, right? So you're like, who wants to get up today and start the day <laughs> versus screaming it, right? So do you have an activity that you could walk us through? Well, so much of it is the gratitude. When you start with gratitude, I, I actually have a formula to take charge of your state, which this is something that I would encourage people to do before any coaching session, before any big meeting, any speech, any presentation, is completely take charge of your emotional state. Make sure you're in peak state and your energy is up because when your energy is up, it's contagious. It will be contagious to your clients. It'll be contagious to the audience. You've got to have that energy up. Now, as a coach, you also want to get in rhythm with your client. So you may have to pipe it down a little but if you pull up, your client's energy will come up. So that's, that's a key to remember too. You want to have rapport, but then your energy will be contagious and you can help them. But the key is to get yourself in peak state first. And that's just even to start every day like I do. And my formula is called blab. The first B in blab is to use your body. You know, what I like to do is stand in a confident state, stand in what I like to call my Wonder Woman pose for a couple minutes before I'm going to do anything just because I know my confidence will get up because I'm standing in that confident state. My brain's like, oh, we must feel confident. We're confident right now. The other part of using your body is exercising. Even before this call, I ran up and down the stairs a couple times to make sure I had all those neurochemicals running in my brain that would, would help my focus and my energy level. And then the other part is I, is I have this move I make. I programmed a move, you know, that 
that magic moment, that big moment in your life where you feel so happy. I make a move in my body when I think about it. I get my energy up and I go, yes. And I have this move I make. And that's called neuro-linguistic program. I've programmed and made a neural connection with that move with the emotion of being excited. So that's how I use my body, just right there, boom. So when I get out of bed and I say, who's ready to start the day? I stand in this very confident way. I don't just drag myself to the bathroom. <laughs> I get up and I make sure my chest is out and my chin is up. The L in blab is language. You know, it's the two parts. We already talked about asking positive leading questions, but it's also how you talk to yourself. The major one that I have found is instead of saying overwhelmed, because look, we're all busy in life, right? And I, there was a while, many years ago, I would kept saying, God, I'm overwhelmed. I have so much going on. And it just felt so heavy. And I thought, I need to change that word. I don't like that word. So now I say, I'm in demand. And I lower my voice when I say it. It puts a smile on my <laughs> face. It knocks me out of that feeling. So try it. Try it. You too. Say it with me. Say it. You got to lower your voice. Say it. And put your chest up when you do it. Put a smile on your face. Say, I'm in demand. I'm in demand. I'm in demand. <laughs> <laughs> See what that'll do for you. And being in demand is great, right? People want to be around you. You're good at what you do. You're getting pulled. Hey, can you help me with this? Hey, I want to hire you for this. I want, will you do this? And then you have these great ideas. So you become in demand, which is a great thing. So just positive language. I can do this, you know, and those positive leading questions. The A is appreciation, which we talked about. You know, you can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. It's impossible. The last B is to breathe. You know, I have one of those Apple watches that tells me to breathe. And I hit the button and for one minute, I breathe. I'm coachable. I'm very coachable. So I'll sit there and breathe those deep breaths. And that does so much. I mean, just the physical health benefits are amazing. But then those emotional benefits as well of taking a few deep breaths. So you are in charge of how you feel. You're in charge of your emotional state. And if more people could realize that, you know, when they feel bad about something or if they felt like they've, quote, failed, you know, I've never failed. I've just learned. Right. But and when you look at it like, wow, I've just learned something really important. When you feel like you failed, that's very different. Change the words, but feel like I've learned something and then get get that chest up, get that chin up and say some positive things to yourself. Because so many times you know, I learned this a lot from my teenage girls in the LPGA Leadership Academy. What they and they've admitted it, they say, Oh my gosh, I would never say to my friend what I say to myself. I would never say that to anyone else. I don't know why so many times we feel like we have the right to put ourselves down so much when we would never say that to anyone else. And it's almost feeling like like we have to punish ourselves, so to speak, because maybe we didn't do it up to what we expected. We didn't get to seven figures, so then we beat ourselves up a little. Well, but would you say that to someone else or would you say, wow, oh my gosh, look, your business grew. You've done great. Look at the positives at what's happening. Look what you've learned from this experience. Wouldn't you say that to a friend? So why not be our own best friend? But it all starts with your own state. You know, we won't always feel like doing something. I, I came up with this saying, raise the bar, go far. And the bar stands for your beliefs will determine your actions, which gives you results. If you don't believe you're smart enough, you may not take that step. But if you can believe you have all the intelligence you need to be successful, then you'll take that step. You'll take the action, which gives you better results. The far is the same thing. How you feel determines your act. You won't feel like going to the gym. I don't always feel like working out. But if I take charge of how I feel, that will give me better actions, which gives me better results. So that's the saying I've come up with. Raise the bar, go far. And it's B-A-R capitalized and F-A-R capitalized. The A and R is the Actions give you results, but it's your beliefs and how you feel that will determine the actions that you take. And that's, that's 
what I've subscribed to. That's what I live. And I know that and I'm careful about if I have limiting beliefs, I switch them as quickly as possible. The not smart enough one was easy for me to throw out there because that was one of my old ones. But now I do believe I have all the intelligence I need to be successful. I also believe I'm a money magnet. Money flows to me easily and effortlessly. When I grew up in a very, you know, probably middle class, maybe even lower middle class family where, you know, all my classmates in school had the Izod Lacosta alligator on their shirt. I had a cougar from Kmart because that's what we could afford. <laughs> so, yes. um, so I've had to switch my money belief. That's uh, the but, mindset. You know raise the bar, go far, but that controlling how you feel in your state and realizing that you're in control is such a key. That is so important. Raise the bar and you'll go far. I love that. I'm smiling right now listening to you talk. I think it is super important to highlight the fact that our self-talk is programming. So the way that you speak to yourself is going to impact the way that you show up in the world, whether it's on a golf course, whether it's in a meeting, it's going to affect how you feel about yourself. So thank you for for highlighting that. And also not being a product of your circumstance mindset is everything. Looking outside and creating a reality that you deserve versus being reactive to what's around you. So I had a question for you. I cannot wait to go back and and listen to this because you you gave us so many golden nuggets. If, Debbie, you had to leave the listeners with the best piece of advice you've ever received in your entire life, what would that be? It was advice I got from my mom when I was a kid. And that advice was to be your true self, whether you're at home or when you're out be authentic. The reason she would say that to my sisters and I was because uh, friends of ours would come over and she'd hear them on the phone talking to their, their mom or their dad and being like, just not nice and being fresh and snippy with their parents. And then they turn around, hi, Mrs. O'Connell. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This is wonderful. And she would remind us of that. Did you hear such and such on the phone? But do you hear how nice she was to me? She said, you be the same person you are in this house and you be as respectful and as nice in this house as you are when you're out. It's important to be who you are wherever you are. And then you never have to pretend, you never have to lie and just be yourself. And that authenticity for me has carried me through because as a coach, as a speaker, I don't teach anything I don't live. I use blab. I pay attention to my beliefs. I, I pay attention to how I feel and taking charge of my state. I do take care of myself and exercise and I eat healthy because I believe in exercise. And when I'm on that stage and I talk about the importance of exercise, I don't want to say that and not be a person and, and be a person who doesn't exercise. So that is so important to me. And I think that's carried me through since I was a kid. And I had to actually become my authentic self as well, because I was extremely shy as a kid, Extre- like painfully, painfully shy. I'd be invited to friends' birthday parties. And I remember this one time I was outside the house with the gift and I wouldn't go in. And my sister, who's 15 months older than me, who was very outgoing, said, I'll go. <laughs> and my mom's like, you can't go. They're not your friends. They're Debbie's classmates. And she went, my sister went, dropped off the gift and came back and I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go to the house. 
And I would be very shy around anyone except my immediate family. I could be in my house and all of a sudden I could break out in song like this, that'll come out tomorrow. And then an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, someone walk in the house and I would be so quiet. So I had to work to get out of that because my authentic self was really that outgoing person, which I started to find on sports fields, on the basketball court, on the softball field. I could feel that leader coming out and a little bit more outgoing. But that was a huge transition for me in life about finding my authentic self and who am I really. And and now I live exactly who I am without those fears that I had when I was little and I was really shy. I think that is incredibly powerful. You turned your pain into passion and now you're helping empower others to speak their truth and chase their passions. I, I love something that you said a moment ago. You said, be who you are wherever you are. And it's really just as simple as that. So Debbie, I appreciate your time so much. And I just wanted to ask you if anybody wants to hear more about the Blab Method or your 12 Weeks to Triumph, any other programs that you have, like where could they possibly find you? Well, I wouldn't even mind if if your listeners emailed me, Debbie at livepositive.biz is my email, but I'm on LinkedIn as Debbie O'Connell. I'm on Facebook as Debbie O'Connell. I also have a Live Positive page on Facebook, on Twitter. I am a Golf Positive and Live Positive Inc. On Twitter, I have two. And I'm on Instagram as well as Live Positive. So if you're, you're look for Live Positive on those social medias, you should be able to find me. And then just Debbie O'Connell, D-E-B-B-I-E-O apostrophe, capital C-O-N-N-E-L-L. And then it's Debbie at livepositive.biz as well. And that's, I mean, anyone with a corporation too, I have a program for corporations to help shift culture. It's called the Accelerate Program, where I go in and teach a lot of these leadership strategies and about taking charge of your state and creating positive culture or just individuals for coaching, as well as people who want to just personal development with my 12 Weeks to Triumph program, which will be launched nationally within the next two months for sure. The the whole program's ready. I'm just doing some soft launches now and getting some testimonials and feedback and just kind of making the program the best it can be. That's incredible. We appreciate you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Keep us updated on all the incredible things that you're doing. I will. And I'm going to keep following both of you. It's amazing what you're doing and helping to spread the the good positive words and helping people become the best they can be. So thank you so much, Adam. Thank you, Debbie. This is awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. All right. Have a great day. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I know that you could be anywhere doing anything, but I'm incredibly grateful that you decided to spend your time with us. We hope that there were some valuable pieces that you took away from this. If you want to catch more of our episodes, then go right now and subscribe. And remember, wherever you are on your journey, keep going and never quit.